do as I say, not as I do. You know, it's an old saying, and a lot of times we might say it half-joking, but there's always some truth when it comes to joking. Hey, welcome to Communication on Point. I'm your host, Dean Hefta. This podcast is designed to bring insights to grow our leadership and increase our influence. And today, we're talking about how the things that we say can be undermined by the things that we do. Let's get started. You know, recently, there's been a lot of stories around the world with leaders getting caught doing things that they told the people in their countries or people in their companies that they shouldn't do. And what's interesting is there's often a lot of public outrage or media spotlight on situations like this that really affect the credibility of people in those leadership positions. And really, rightfully so. You think about it, on the grand scale, maybe it's a uh, politician who decrees that restaurants have to shut down, but in some way they manage to keep one that they're involved in from shutting down. Maybe it's another politician that says, everybody should always be wearing masks, and then They get seen taking their laundry to the dry cleaners without a mask on. You know, situations like that tend to really get our blood boiling. We get so frustrated by it. And I think it's a fascinating lesson for us to really think about our own ability to communicate effectively and build our influence with the people around us. See, it's easy for us to step back and look at people saying those things that others should do and then not abiding by them themselves. And we can judge them and get frustrated. And really, we should be frustrated and we should hold people accountable when they put themselves in positions of authority and power and then go forward in abusing that power. But I think there's a bigger lesson that we can look around and find when it comes to the situations that we see where people with authority have really taken advantage of that to their own benefit. And we can shrink that down and think about ourselves. Now, I think of the, uh, the verse, um, Matthew 7, 3, where Jesus said, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Right? It's essentially, we are focusing on the issues of others without really taking much time to focus on the issues that we have. Holding people in positions of authority to account and to be accountable for their words is important. It's something we need to do, and an effective media should be able to do as well. But we can take those lessons, those things that we see, and step back and say, how can we take those things that we see as so egregious, so annoying, so frustrating, so angering, and apply it to our own lives so that we can grow our own influence? Think about these situations. It's not just politicians by any means. You think about the boss who berates an employee who comes to work 20 minutes late. But yet, that same boss has a tendency to come and go as they please. You see, we see that disconnect. And when we see that disconnect between what the boss is saying, or in this case, reprimanding, and what the boss is doing... We get frustrated. And actually what happens in that moment is that boss destroys their credibility. They crush their influence. Now, 
we hear the word crush influence. We hear the word crush, we might think, well, maybe it was a great thing, you know, how to really amplify our influence, the way we use the word crush. But in this case, we destroy it. In one moment, it may have taken years for us to build our credibility, and in one moment of separating the words from our actions, we can crush and destroy that influence and that credibility. So you think about other situations. Maybe you see a police officer speeding, you know, 50 miles an hour through a residential neighborhood. And we're thinking to ourselves, okay, there's an emergency somewhere, but are you above the law that you can endanger others along the way? You know, we see those things where people in positions of authority appear to abuse it, and it angers us. It frustrates us. And what this is speaking to is this unwritten kind of law of the land, this thing that is in our subconscious, that what we appreciate most is when people in positions of power choose not to use the power for their own gain. That's the key. And you might say to yourself, boy, if I was in that position, I'd never do that. Well, it's easy for us to say that when we're not in those shoes. But the lesson isn't to say, if I'm in that position someday, I'm not going to do what they're doing. The lesson is to look at where am I right now? What are the things that I'm not doing that I say that I'm going to do right now? Maybe uh, in my household, we've got a rule that after a certain time, we're not going to use our phones anymore. You know, we're going to go shut all digital devices down at a certain point. Well, maybe... I impose that on others, other people in the household. But yet, I make this excuse that, well, there's some things that I need to take care of. There's some things that I need to do. And that's what's happening in that moment, is we're actually justifying our behavior. You hear people talk about justifying their behavior all the time, but step back and think about what justifying our behavior really means. When we justify something, we are making it straight. It's to make straight. And the only way we justify it is by the story that we tell ourselves in that moment. See, this happens to the politician. In that moment, they say, this is what other people need to do. Everybody here, for the sake of our society, needs to do this certain thing. And then, five days later, they find themselves in a situation, and they then have to justify it of, well, you know, just this one time, it's, it's not a big deal. This doesn't really apply to me. I know that I'm a good person or that I can handle this situation. Well, that's justification. And justification language chips away at our credibility and our influence. Maybe I'm a safety director at a company and I am continually writing people up for not wearing safety glasses and following protocols and climbing stairs correctly and using ladders the right way, etc., etc. And Yet, somebody finds me, you know, drilling a hole in a wall with no ear protection or eye protection because in that moment, I said, well, I'm in kind of a hurry. And what it looks like is I'm above my own laws. And in that moment, all my credibility, all my influence is out the window. It's destroyed. And it might be, depending on the situation, impossible to regain. And that's the key is in those moments... When my language in my mind is about justification, there is a risk that I am going to throw away all of the influence that I've gained to that point. So what's influence? Well, I think of influence as the ability to 
affect the behavior of others. And I'm assuming that it's in a positive way. I mean, it doesn't have to be. We could have negative influence. We know kids who have bad influence on other kids. But what we're talking about here is how do we grow our positive influence on others around us? Well, the only way we really influence others is when we have power and people see that we don't first resort to using our power. If we're going to get things done with other people, it means we're resorting to our influence. And when you see somebody resorting to their power, pulling rank, saying because I'm in charge, because I'm bigger, because I've been here longer, whatever it is, every time we use our power to get something done, we chip away at our influence. This all begins with the story that we tell ourselves in that moment. See, as soon as we make a rule, we're essentially entering into a contract with the other people in the organization, in the company, in, you know, everybody that's being affected by that rule. We're entering into a contract. And the often unspoken part of that contract is all of us are going to abide by this rule. And so as soon as I, if I'm in charge, as I'm seen not abiding by the rule, how the other people affected by it see it is a breaking of the contract. And essentially that contract is null and void because now I have no influence and I don't even have formal authority to really enforce the contract that we had had in place. This can happen in our relationship with our children. This can happen with coworkers, siblings, loved ones, you name it. We are establishing contracts all the time. And that contract is essentially held up by one ratio. And that is our own say-to-do ratio. How close does the promises and the rules that we establish, how closely are they followed by our own behavior behind them? So if I say I'm going to do something for you, What's the likelihood that I'm going to follow through and do that when I say, this is what I'm going to do for you? Every time that promise or that contract isn't fulfilled, people's expectation that I'm going to follow through decays. What they're really saying is their ability to predict what I'm going to do gets lower and lower. And trust is built on the ability to predict the behavior of somebody else. I can trust that they're going to do this. I'm saying I can predict that they're going to do this. It will happen. And every time, even if I have good intentions, in that moment, most of the time, when I make that promise, I have very good intentions. I intend to follow through. But I don't get judged on my intentions. I get judged on my actions. And so there's only two ways that I can really make this right, that I can grow my influence. One of those ways is making fewer promises. And for many of us, that's probably the best path. We are too quick to say, I'll do something or get you something or take care of something. And our to-do list piles up. And on that to-do list is a hundred things for other people that we have promised. So we have to have the self-discipline to be able to only promise things that we know with 100% confidence we are going to follow through and deliver on. So fewer promises. The next one is better follow through. 
If I'm making fewer promises and I'm clear on what it is that I'm promising to deliver, now I have to make sure that every time I do that, I have a follow through. I deliver on what I what I committed to. And if I do that week after week, month after month, what I begin to develop in the people that I interact with, the people that I work with, is I begin to develop influence. I begin to develop a reputation of somebody who follows through on their commitments. And in that process, I'm growing my trust. I'm growing my credibility. And essentially the outcome is I become seen as somebody who is congruent. There is a match between what I say and what I do. I'm willing to live under the rules that I establish. I'm willing to go through the pain of time and effort to deliver on the promise that I've made. And that's the foundation of influential leadership. So if you really want to destroy your influence and your credibility, you can do it in really two easy steps. You just make lots of promises. And step two is you don't follow through on those promises. You just do what you feel like. And if you follow those two steps, you're guaranteed to destroy the trust and the influence of the people around you. But I don't think you're listening to this episode because you want to destroy your influence. I hope that as you see people in your world around you, as you see people on the global stage who aren't fulfilling the promises they're making, that we don't just stop at judgment and say, how could they do that? Look at how ridiculous this is. I hope that we see that and take that as a lesson to reflect back on ourselves and say, how can I make sure that I don't find myself in that same situation? That I can think about how is it that I might be doing that same thing on a smaller scale with the people around me? And when we can face that, our path to growth accelerates and our path to influence continues to grow every day. I hope you found an idea that you can put to work yet this week as you work to improve your communication, grow your influence, and strengthen your leadership. Again, I'm Dean Hefta, and thank you so much for joining me on this episode. If you have ideas or questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. My email is dean, D-E-A-N, at clarisresults.com, C-L-A-R-U-S, results.com. And I look forward to talking to you next week. 